0: Day 57 of Heart Dive 365. I'm your Bible study friend, Kenoy. Welcome to the Heart Dive Podcast. Well, final preparations are being made before the Israelites set out of the camp with each of the 12 tribes bringing their gifts and offerings. Now, this is only one chapter that we're covering today, but one of the longest chapters in the Bible. So, still plenty of good stuff within this one chapter. We're reading from the ESV by Crossway Translation today. And before we get into it, I just want to make one little announcement. Heads up, if you are quick to the punch, as soon as my video uploads to YouTube and you're like, let's go, and you hear that there's no sound. Typically it takes a little bit of time for the sound to catch up to the video. So it's nothing that I have done and same thing for the closed captioning. You may have to wait just a little bit before the audio and the CC are both uploaded along with the video. So I just want to let you know that it's not anything that I'm doing on my side with the settings or anything like that. There were a lot of people like no sound, no sound, no sound. And so just wanted to let you guys know. I'm excited that you are excited to jump into the word as soon as it hits, but if you want to be able to hear it, you might need to wait just a couple of minutes and refresh once again, and the sound will be there for you. One more announcement. If you purchase the March bundle and you're saying, hey, there's nothing inside the bundle. Well, it's because we haven't yet hit the month of March and there are no heart checks to upload. Everything is uploaded on the daily. I'm studying in real time. I'm typing in real time. I'm creating heart checks in real time and I'm uploading it all. And then Holly has to then go and turn around and send it all out and upload it to the website. So please have patience with us until we're at a capacity to run a big well-oiled machine is just the two of us doing these jobs on our own. So thank you so much for your patience and kindness and understanding and what we're doing here behind the scenes. But before we jump into the Word, let's go ahead and pray, prepare our hearts and just give god glory and worship and praise that he so deserves so heavenly father we do that we praise you we honor you we worship you because you are worthy of all of our praise we thank you so much for being here with us thank you holy spirit that you are about to do a mighty work every single time we open up your word you are ready to feed us with it and so i thank you for that i pray that you'll wash us clean today forgive us of our sins lord take care of anything that needs to be taken care of within each one of us individually but i also pray that you will do a work within us so that we can go out and fix things in the world. We are the solution to the problems in this world, and it all comes through you, Jesus. And so I pray that you show us what we can do. Each person, Lord, every single one of us that has a gift, has an offering that we can bring that is of value no matter how big or small. So I pray that you will instill within us hearts of generosity today, not just to take, but also to give out. We love you so much. Thank you for this time that we get to spend with our friends and our family. I pray that you bless them abundantly today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are in chapter 7 of the book of Numbers, verse 1. On the day when Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle and had anointed and consecrated it with all its furnishings and had anointed and consecrated the altar with all its utensils, the chiefs of Israel, heads of their fathers' houses, who were the chiefs of the tribes, who were over those who were listed, approached and brought their offerings before the Lord six wagons and twelve oxen, a wagon for every two of the chiefs, and for each one an ox. So it seems here that this is more of a spontaneous type of offering or gifting. They haven't been commanded by God to bring this, but they are because that's the kind of hearts that they have at this point. They are responding to God's faithfulness through generosity. And these wagons or these carts would have been a gift of luxury. I mean, this would have been like giving their limousines away or their Maseratis or I don't know what. What is a valuable car today? I can't even really. I don't even know. I'm not up on cars. What's cool? They brought them before the tabernacle. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Accept these from them that they may be used in the service of the tent of meeting, and give them to the Levites, to each man according to his service." I'm going to underline that. So Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them to the Levites. Two wagons and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon, according to their service. Four wagons and eight oxen, so they got double the amount of oxen he gave to the sons of Merari, according to their service, under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron the priest. But to the sons of Kohath, he gave none because they were charged with the service of the holy things that had to be carried on the shoulder. Wait a minute, why don't the Kohathites get carts and oxen? Like, that's not fair. We need to fight for equality here. Doesn't that sound like our society today? I mean, we are always looking at what everybody else has and demanding that we have that too. But look at what God says when He gave the carts and the oxen. They were given according to their service. So, He apportioned what was necessary for the burden that they would have to bear and the load that they would have to carry because the Mariahites are carrying 10 tons of bars and poles and the foundation and the structure. So, again, they get the most oxen. And, a lot of the time, we only see what people have on the surface without ever considering the burden that they bear. And at the core of it all, there's a big old load, and we begin to think that certain people have favor, and therefore, God must love them more. But if we only knew that with all that is given, there is a greater responsibility that comes with it. Or maybe if you're like the Kohathites, who have no carts to carry the load, but they get to walk in deeper intimacy because they're carrying the ark with the presence of God. So, you're walking with Him rather than sitting comfortably in a cart. You see, we may never know what people carry, but it isn't for us to know. We simply must trust that God is fair and He is just in everything He does and in all of His doling out, and we need to concentrate on the things that He's given to us and not let the blessings of other people distract us from what matters most, because in the end, we won't be rolling up to the Bema Seat of Christ with our oxen and carts in tow. We will all be standing on equal footing before Him with our hearts exposed. And it is there where we will receive the real reward that will last for eternity. Try say real reward, real reward five times. <laughs> so heart check, what are you focused on? Are you focused on your blessings or everyone else's? Verse 10, and the chiefs offered offerings for the dedication of the altar on the day it was anointed, this day having been spoken about in Leviticus chapter 8, and the chiefs offered their offering before the altar. And the Lord said to Moses, they shall offer their offerings one chief. Each day for the dedication of the altar. So now we're going to enter into this sort of 12 day pageant. Every single day, the chief of each tribe is going to bring their offering. Hang in there because this is a bit of repetition that we're going to be going through, but we're going to see how God lands this plane in the end. Verse 12 He who offered his offering the first day was Nashon, the son of Aminadab, of the tribe of Judah. And his offering was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels. So this would have been about a three-pound plate, one silver basin of seventy shekels, which would have weighed about two pounds, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with the oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of ten shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Nashon, the son of Aminadab. Now, when the Israelites left Egypt, they had a slave mentality. They left taking from the Egyptians rather than giving. But God has taught them valuable lessons on His provision, and now they've got a promised land mentality. Instead of looking at what they can take, take, they're looking at what they can bring and what they can give before they set out to the promised land. And I can look back on my life and see a timeline of my own transition from that slave mentality to a promised land mentality. You see, when I first married my husband, I was in debt. I think I had like $20,000 in credit card debt. And I was living paycheck to paycheck. I was definitely not a giver. And I remember the first time we had a family party And I jumped up to go eat and he refused to get into the food line until everyone else went through. And I was like, don't you want to eat? Like, can you come with me? Well, later on, we talked about it. And he told me, I would rather not eat if it means that everyone else gets to. And that was one of the most profound moments of realizing that I would jump at the chance of being first in line. And it was because I grew up with a slave mentality that I needed to get and to take what I could because I didn't know what tomorrow would look like. And he taught me what it means to be a generous giver rather than a taker, no matter what your circumstances are. And now being in the back of the line It is one of the most joyous and peaceful places to be, to let everybody else go, to watch everybody else be fulfilled, and to trust that there's still going to be enough food left for me. Because whenever you're scavenging, it's usually fueled by a fear of not having enough, whereas trusting in God's provision is fueled by faith. So heart check. Do you have a slave mentality or a promised land mentality? Do you jump to get to the front of the line or patiently wait in the back? And of course, that's not just talking about food lines. We're talking about anything in life that you may be striving to get to the front. Verse 18. On the second day, Nathanel, the son of Zwar, the chief of Issachar, made an offering. He offered for his offering one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb, a year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Nathanael, the son of Zuar. So, second verse, same as the first, is basically what's going on here. So, not only were the Israelites generous in their giving, but they also gave humbly. No one was trying to showboat here and bring their greater gift than somebody else. They all brought the same things so that no one would outshine the other. And this proved that they were setting out in unity. And Jesus said that whenever we give, we shouldn't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing, meaning we don't need to tell everyone how generous we are. The only one who needs to know what we're doing is God, and He will reward that type of giving. So, heart check. When you serve or give to others, are you doing it to be seen and rewarded, or are you doing it from a place of humility? Verse 24, on the third day, Eliab, the son of Helon, the chief of the people of Zebulun. His offering was one of silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels. According to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb, a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, And five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Eliab, the son of Helon. Now, I just thought about this. I know I'm reading it quite quickly, but this was intended to be read and presented very slowly. Again, like the evening gown portion of a pageant. If you ever have watched Miss America, it's the slowest portion. But for some reason, the people are just ooing and awing over the gorgeous gowns and the beautiful women who are walking across the stage with so much grace. I mean, that's kind of like what this would be like. Every single person would be looking at every tribe and what they were bringing. And even though it was the same exact thing as the tribe before them, it was still such a beautiful thing on a brand new day. So on the fourth day, Elizer, the son of Shedir, the chief of the people of Reuben, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels. According to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with the oil for a grain offering. One golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense. I kind of feel like it's the price is right. Okay, I'm sorry, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb, a year old for a burnt offering, a male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Elizer, the son of Shedir. Now on the fifth day, Shalumiel, the son of Zuri the chief of the people of Simeon, his offering was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of seventy shekels, according to the shekel of the same sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb, a year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Shalumiel, the son of Zuri Shaddai. I was sitting here thinking, we better all know what they brought with them by the end of this. On the sixth day, Eliasaph, the son of Duel, the chief of the people of Gad, his offering was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin, 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and Five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Eliasaph, the son of Duel. On the seventh day, Elishama, the son of Amihud, the chief of the people of Ephraim. His offering was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male, a year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs, a year old. This was the offering. Of Elishama, the son of Amihud. And on the eighth day. Gamaliel, the son of Pedazer, the chief of the people of Manasseh. His offering was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin, 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with the oil for grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Gamaliel, the son of Pedazer. On the ninth day, Abidan, the son of Gideoni, the chief of the people of Benjamin. His offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with the oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Abidem, the son of Gideoni. If you have not gotten up and gotten yourself a cup of coffee and walked away, and you are still here listening to every single word, can you just put something in the comments saying, still here, still listening on the 10th day, ahi the son of Amishaddai, the chief of the people of Dan, his offering was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin, 70 shekels. I should see if I can close my eyes and do this. According to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour, mixed with the oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels, full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb, a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five... Five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Ahaizer, the son of Amishaddai. On the eleventh day, Pegiel, the son of Akran, the chief of the people of Asher. His offering was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of seventy shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of ten shekels, full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male, lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering and for the sacrifice of the peace offerings. Two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, a year old, and a partridge and a pear tree. This was the offering of Pagiel, the son of Okran. Just seeing if you guys are still awake, please don't come at me saying, Don't make a joke about the word of God. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just trying to keep it alive. On the twelfth day, Ahira, the son of Enan, the chief of the people of Naphtali, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of seventy shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with the oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of ten shekels, full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb, a year old old for a burn offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Ahira, the son of Enan. So, we did it. We made it through the evening gown section of the pageant. Verse 84, this was the dedication offering for the altar on the day when it was anointed from the chiefs of Israel, 12 silver plates, 12 silver basins, 12 golden dishes, each silver plate weighing 130 shekels and each basin 70, all the silver of the vessels, 2400 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, the 12 golden dishes full of incense, weighing 10 shekels, a piece according to the shekel of the sanctuary, all the gold of the dishes being 120 shekels, all the cattle for the burnt offering, 12 bulls, 12 rams, 12 male lambs a year old, with their grain offering, and 12 male goats for a sin offering. And all the cattle for the sacrifice of peace offerings, 24 bulls, the rams 60, the male goats 60, the male lambs a year old 60. This was the dedication offering for the altar after it was anointed. Now, I really think here, we could have just had this entire chapter be summed up in verses 84 through 88. Why didn't God do that? Why didn't He just reduce it down to these five verses? Well, it is because every single gift mattered. See, God isn't up there hoarding all of our gifts, throwing them into a bin and being like, thanks, everybody. No, He sees everything we do, everything that we give, even when others don't see it. And He is putting it into heaven's accounting log so that when you stand before Him, He will repay you for everything that you did and gave. Nothing that you ever do for His glory will be done in vain. He even says that He will reward a cup of cold water that is given. But secondly, when God repeats anything in the Bible, we best pay attention. And I do not for a second doubt His purpose of this repetition about giving, because our entire eternal destiny hinges on the fact that He gave His one and only Son. He is the greatest giver of all. So, if we truly want to be more like Him, one of the best things that we can do is give. And when we do that, our hearts will be more set on heaven rather than here on earth, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, heart check. Who do you identify with more? The one who gives generously or the one who takes, steals, and robs from others? In verse 89, and when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim, and it spoke to him. So the fact that Moses is able to hear from the Lord, is God's way of saying, stamp of approval, I receive every single one of these gifts as accepted. And what's pretty cool here is if you remember, Moses couldn't enter the tabernacle as soon as it was constructed because the smoke of the Lord rested upon it. So even he wasn't able to enter into the holy place. But now that the sacrifices and the dedication has been made, all of the foundation has been laid, he is now able to enter in. He doesn't have to take his tent of meeting outside the camp anymore. It will now be within the tabernacle. And this paints the picture of Jesus and the fact that the only way that we can have that fellowship with God or come into His presence is through our own mediator through Christ. Jesus is the reason that we can access God at all. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to be able to get to heaven and to be able to have that access to the Father. It was through His atonement that we have the ability to approach Him. And this fulfills what God spoke in Exodus chapter 25 when He told Moses, I will meet you there, the same way that He promises that when we draw near to Him, He too will draw near to us. So let's take a look at some of our deep dive questions. What lessons can we learn from the system of these offerings? How does this speak to the consistency in our own faith? What would be modern equivalents to these offerings today? How can the unity of the tribes giving be modeled in today's church? And how does Moses' approach to God speak to our approach in prayer? So Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for modeling what generous giving looks like. Thank you, most of all, for the gift of Jesus, which gave us not only eternal life, but the ability to come freely into your presence. I pray that we understand that while you welcome us with open arms, that there is still a way in which we are to come. And the only way is through Jesus. It's only because of that atonement that was made that we can enter in. So thank you, Jesus. We are grateful that you are our mediator, who we always have access to. And I thank you for the faith and the dedication that the Israelites so vividly displayed here. I pray that we will have the same kind of generosity and faithfulness whenever we give to others. Help us to break free from the slave mentality where we are quick to grab and slow to share. I pray that we will instead have a promised land mentality, knowing and fully trusting that you will provide for our Every need and whenever we give we know that it is not being done in vain and when we give with a generous and a cheerful heart we know that it is not lost on you you see every single move we make every ounce of energy and time and talent that we pour forth and it is not being wasted so help us to focus on eternity today allowing our treasures to be stored up in heaven so that our hearts will follow suit We wanna be a people who are focused heavenward and not only on what surrounds us. This is all temporary here, but with you, all things are measured against eternity. And I pray that when we do give or serve, it is always done with a humble heart, not seeking to be seen or acknowledged by anyone other than you. So thank you, Lord, for the Levites who so faithfully served, carrying their burdens and their loads according to the instructions that you gave. I pray that we will be like that, May we not focus on what the person next to us is doing or what they have, because that is the quickest way to trip ourselves up. So help us to be grateful for the blessings that you have given to us according to our service. I pray that when we do see the blessings of others, that we will be able to celebrate that and appreciate the heavy load that they likely carry with it. You are a fair and a just God, and we trust in that today. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, that we can hear your voice that speaks from the mercy seat within our own hearts. We're so grateful for it. We love you so much in Jesus' name, amen. Heaven and salvation is a divine gift that is given to us by grace. None of us deserve it. In fact, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death and every single one of us have fallen short. And then we desperately need someone to pay that price. And Jesus did it. He didn't do it because we are righteous on our own merit. He did it because He loves us and He wants to spend eternity with us. But it won't happen if we don't receive Him before we leave this earth as Lord and Savior. Hell is a very real thing, and there is no second chance after we take our last breath here. So I want to be able to give someone the opportunity today who is saying, I'm ready. I've never given my life to Christ. I don't know where I'm going to end up after I die but I don't wanna live another day without knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt where I am going to end up. I see now that this is real and I want to believe. So if that is you, we're gonna say a prayer and I'm gonna put the words on the screen so that you can say them audibly with your mouth because the Bible says that when you believe and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that he died and rose again, then you will be saved. So we're gonna say this prayer together. Believe it in your heart, speak it with your mouth, and know that this is indeed the day of your salvation. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe that you came, you died, and you rose again. I confess my sins to you today, and I turn from them, and I now live my life for you. I know that I am forgiven of all my sins, so I receive you now, as Lord and Savior, and I belong to you, Jesus. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.